Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech and Nick Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. And we got that guy. We got that guy. I'm James Cordy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, Cordy's back. And as always... <laughs> Cordy's back. When Cordy's back, it's going to be about... That could be a movie title, couldn't it? Like, Cordy's back. <laughs> Cordy's back. Yeah. Back in the studio. <laughs> now with beard. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is one of those episodes. Facial hair. You might want to now check with out facial the, hair. You might yes. want to check out the video version if you don't normally, just to see, you know, <laughs> Cordy's facial hair, you know. <laughs> it is well-groomed, looks nice, yes. It does, yes. For those of us that can't grow facial hair, we're jealous, but anyway. So I get my, like, four days of stubble that I've got to move on from yeah, that. So, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, is that right, what well, we're talking about today? No, we're not. Oh, okay. We're not talking about facial hair. <laughs> it's not, that's not part of the game. I mean, maybe we could do a whole separate, you know, one of our Tech and Egg After Dark episodes or yes. something. You know, yes. About facial hair. Do you have some product recommendations? <laughs> well, hey, there, <laughs> See, you there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. All right. of the first two that's, weeks. Reach out to Cordy. He will help you out. If you're trying to grow a beard, he'll oh, help you make it man. smooth and not itchy. <laughs> Good <laughs> stuff. But no, what we're going to talk about today, yes. we're going to up our marketing game, as always. And we have yes. Cordy on. It's all about, like, how can we up our marketing game? Oh, absolutely. How can we do things better? So today we're talking search, mm, yep. which is one of those topics search. that I think a lot of people probably a little hesitant to be like yeah i don't like i know that it's important but yeah. that's just for the big dogs right that's oh, for the, yeah. the biggest of the big you know when mm. i search something i'm seeing all the big giant names i'm never gonna get up there right well mm -hmm. spoiler alert it's a little easier than you might think oh you to think actually make yourself high on search are results. we demystifying how easy it could be yeah so all we're right, gonna talk about right. how to make sure that your company your content your expertise shows up early and often when someone searches online we're going to get into the why, why you should be doing this. That should be obvious, but we're going to make it a little more obvious. Mm. We're going to get into the how, how to start your SEO strategy, the execution side of things, how to get into it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're going to back it up with some proof because we've done it. We got proof? Yeah. We've actually managed to do That's it. There proof. are some places where Blue Star shows up as the top organic search nice. you know, when you look for nice. something. We're going to show you what we've done. And, and again, pointing out that there's kind of only one guy in this room <laughs> who's an SEO expert here <laughs> for us. That's done this, yes. which means you guys can do this pretty easily, too. There well, you go. And, and to that point, and sorry to interject early here, but <laughs> I, won't, I wouldn't consider myself an SEO expert. There I know go. enough to be dangerous, and I think oh. after watching this podcast, see how many, the teaser there? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you, too, will know enough to truly show up high in a meaningful spot on search. And I'll, I'll say quickly that the reason I thought this was a good call is that we spend so much time, I spend so much time talking about paid advertising. Right. And mm. I just realized that a lot of people don't have the luxury to do that. And That's so right. in the absence of having a bunch of money to spend on search uh, or rather on, on paid ads, what should you be doing? And search is the thing. So there you go. Bingo. All that night of the bar. What's tech connected with us. It's time to plug in, do a little searching. Get connected. <laughs> Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, let's jump into it here. Let's 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 start with the why. As Simon Sinek says, start with your why. Mm. Uh, and let's talk about this. Let's explain, like, you know, again, I understand people probably get like, all right, it's mm -hmm. good to, when someone searches something that you pop up. But mm -hmm. explain just how important that is. Again, maybe thinking about from our point of view and our level of where we're at here. Why is it so important to rank high in search? How long does and, and, and how long does it take to make that happen? Because, again, I think this is where we might mm. um, surprise some folks about about some details here. So, so take it away, explain the importance, explain the the process sure. there, and maybe elaborate a little bit more on what you're talking about, the paid advertising and why it's so important to maybe do this versus if you don't have the budget or the ability or the time that you paid. Yeah, I was going to kind of recap that, which is to say <clears throat> a majority of a Blue Stars customers don't have, you know, five ten thousand $10,000 to be spending monthly on paid advertising mm -hmm. and kind of proactively getting in front of prospects with their message on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever they might think about doing that. And so the other option, if you're not doing that, is either think about the organic strategy, which mm. search is a big piece of, or sit back and wait, right? Or, or have your sales team go out and, and cold call, which I know plenty of sales teams are still doing. And so, you know, the why is exactly that. So that when you're not spending money on paid advertising, people are still discovering you, right? right. And so I think 
there's the obvious, well, we already show up, James, when someone searches for our company name, which is well, yeah. great. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, if yeah. that's I not, would hope so. Yeah. Right. Well, right. And if it's, but then again, it doesn't happen sometimes, though. Yeah. And you should definitely check on that, right? And because, you know, we're Blue Star. Blue yeah. Star is a pretty darn competitive. By the term. way, there's a lot of companies called Blue Star out there. there. Certainly. Yeah. And we do show up, I believe, first in organic search for just Blue Star, which is right. good. Um, but, you know, that's the first thing to go and take a look at is, is that happening? But then you want to think a lot more broadly than that about the terms that people who have intent for your products and services might be searching for right. starting to show up for that. Um, there's a debate <clears throat> there, so to speak, has been a debate in marketing circles about, you know, brand building. How do you build awareness so people know who you are and they trust you and stuff like mm -hmm. that? And mm -hmm. often search showing up in Google more specifically. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk not just about Google today, but the other places to consider when we're talking about search. Um, but it can be a brand builder. And my example would be, so So why do we why do we invest in search, so to speak, and spend our time there? I searched before we headed over here to shoot the show today, I searched how to build a marketing plan, which is a, if I had to guess, I don't know, five, 10,000 searches yeah, a month on I'm something sure, like yeah. that. Oh, I'm sure. HubSpot shows up first. Yeah. We are right. HubSpot customers there you go. Blue yep, Star. Yep, yep. That makes a, sense. It's a high quality post, but that's the type of thing where if you can show up, and I'm not always suggesting you've got to show up for these huge, high volume search terms. Right, but right. If you start to build some presence in your world, people are going to go, damn, this company must know what they're talking about. Mm. They're showing up on all of these relevant terms for things that matter to me. They must be an authority. Mm -hmm. So a big reason why investing time and, and thinking about search is important is because it will give you that authoritative kind of place in your industry. Right. And also right. it'll drive traffic to your website and more traffic to your website means more potential, you know, inbound leads for your sales team. So that's yeah. the, that's the why if it weren't already obvious. There you go. I'm going to throw one out there. Just I don't know if this is a curveball or not, but if you heard the the phrase the cookie crumble, like the the online cookie is crumbling in the sense that okay. Google's getting rid of it. Uh, well, they delayed it. It was supposed to be the end of 2023, but now it's like mid 2024. So you're they're no longer using cookies to kind of track your oh, usage right, and right, things right. of that nature. Everyone hates which, cookies. Yeah. Which the ad agencies were all in a panic last year about. Oh my God, our whole industry is going away, vaporizing because right. Google's making some changes. So, so to your point, Cordy, I mean, like if if you were doing some kind of paid or something like that, and the, and the sandbox is changing. A little bit. By the way, it's literally called Google's Privacy Sandbox Initiative that is replacing uh, that. Then you know it, maybe SEO becomes even more important, or at least you should go back if you haven't been there in years. You know, the, you you set up your website, it's it, whatever, it just chugs along. Uh, maybe you'd been doing some paid or whatnot, but but I don't know. I mean, maybe some things like that are are like more reason to to say take a step back and say maybe I should be getting into my SEO again. Right, for sure. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I think cookies is relevant to kind of like retargeting. Yeah, right. right. Like yeah, you get yeah. cookie when you what visit you a can website. learn about someone yeah. who visits your site or your stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. And then being able to kind of put messaging back in front of them. Absolutely, but I know even even small resellers, I mid size for sure. I'm sh I know we've talked to people. You know, we we've talked to people in the industry that use kind of that technique. Um, to to try to get people to to draw in there and maybe not even thinking about the SEO, you know, that's just it's just one of those things for me that you know I can definitely see that being not being thought about for years, <laughs> type yeah. of a thing. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And you're right. Remember, Dean, when we surveyed our customer base and. We were surprised. I think it was prior to a VarTech session that we did where we found out whatever, 40, 45% of our customers were doing some sort of paid. Right. And mm -hmm. within that, yep. a, lot, or large, a large majority of it was paid search. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my thoughts on that are, are pretty well documented, which is there is certainly value. A lot of companies kind of base their entire marketing strategy around paid search. So obviously mm -hmm. it works for mm -hmm. them. But man, it can be costly. And it's kind of a losing game. Yeah. If, well, and it's, if your competitors have more money to throw out oh, than for you, sure. Than you do, Absolutely. They we know do. that. Yeah. And you've yeah. got to stay on that horse, right? Like if you want to continue mm -hmm. driving traffic through that channel, then you've got to keep paying. Whereas this is the what's the sustainable strategy mm -hmm. you know, that we could be working around in the background. And, and John, I'll, I'll touch on something you said a second ago as well, which is there are a lot of myths around SEO. Mm -hmm. And obviously, SEO is always changing the way that Google and, and Bing and these in these platforms work. Um, are adjusting their algorithms, have new releases and all that mm -hmm. good stuff. So any advice is only as good as, you know, before the next update kind of thing. <laughs> right. But um, we'll check but, back next year. We maybe have to do this again. Yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. Truly. Um, but one of the myths is, and, and it's a myth kind of propagated by SEO agencies mm. because, you know, it's a tough thing to walk into a business and say, hey, if you pay us X amount per month to do an audit, to create new content and blah, 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 right. you're going to have meaningful organic search traffic in a month. Mm -hmm. That's you know it's 
it's difficult to deliver on that right for sure meaning positively to say we can definitely do that it's it's a real gamble so instead they come in and say hey listen you got to give this some time which isn't unfair mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what is also true today is thursday right mm-hmm. if by monday i had to have a web page um ranking for dean reverman mm-hmm. i could do it mm. it can happen that quickly mm-hmm. and you know when you get into the week about here, john but, martin because that's a pretty damn boring yeah, name. that's why i use dean reverman <laughs> that's why no, a little truly. bit more ubiquitous, John Martin. Yes, <laughs> well, it, it, you're going to work a little bit harder. John my Smith. Name. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which works in some ways for me. So you know, <laughs> well, absolutely, you kind of stay a little uh, anonymous. Like, exactly. Well, you're joking-ish, but also like that is a good point, and yeah. that is yeah. that kind of simple, high-level thinking about search really is kind of what it is. Mm. Where mm. do we think we can win? Where are mm-hmm. the terms? What does the competition look like? If you go to a first page, like who are we competing with from right. an authority standpoint, from a quality of content standpoint? But just to get back to you know my uh, example about Dean, I love to give tactical advice, exactly how to go do this, because it makes good clips for LinkedIn, but also because I want people to go away and go, oh, okay, that's how this yeah, works. Right. So if, if I went to the office right now and when we wrap this up and built a simple WordPress one-page website, mm-hmm. it could be DeanReverman.com, which I don't think is owned, doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. and I wrote a page title mm-hmm. that said, Dean Reverman is a boss at marketing, and then the meta description said, Dean Reverman is a veteran you know, marketing pro with this many years of experience, and he currently works at Blue Star, and then published it. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually, over the course of a week or two, or however long Google decides to go in, crawl, mm-hmm. sorry, index, and then crawl that page, it would mm-hmm. eventually show up. Mm-hmm. But you can be proactive. You can go into a tool called Google Search Console. Ah, and kind of call. force it? Yes, you can mm-hmm. send it to Google and say, hey, here's a new page. Ah. Priority, you know, crawl this for me. Mm-hmm. And that is the way that you can very quickly uh, get a page to show up. That's kind of cool. For a unique yeah. term that doesn't have super high, you know, competition or what have you. Right. Um, yeah, and it's 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 pretty neat. So it used to be called Google Webmaster and now it's Google Search Console. Uh, hmm. that is something worth looking into. So there you go. There, there you go. Good stuff. Well then let's let's get it because you started touching a little bit of the strategy potentially and how to go about doing this. And we'll get to the execution moment, but where do you think you get started when it comes to an SEO strategy? Like, what do you recommend that people be thinking about or doing when it comes time to like, all right, I know I want to do this. I know I want to have some kind of a strategy, but how do I get started? How do I determine what kind of searches I, I should start? be targeting? Right. Yep. Like, give us some examples of what you should be thinking about. You know, again, put maybe putting ourselves in the shoes of a small VAR who was sure. like, hey, I, I want to be the folks. We want to be the company for what we do maybe in our geographic area or for some very specific type of technology that we we know we're the best at and we sell really well. How do they get started with that? So in, in my opinion, and this is true for like most marketing things, this is the most critical step. Right. It's the strategy. It's mm. what should we do and why. Um, that being said, when it comes to SEO, it's pretty forgiving. Meaning if you go and say, <laughs> hey, we're going to start here mm-hmm. and it doesn't pan out, doesn't bear fruit. You can pivot pretty easily. Go do something else, yeah. right? Keep, keep trying. And, <laughs> and even I think top SEOs, and I, I've started over the last five or six months to listen to a lot of podcasts from top technical SEOs, as they call them, they're still doing the same stuff we're going to recommend today, which mm-hmm. is we know what we know. Mm-hmm. We right. know the best practices. Um, we're just going to go experiment, see what works and what doesn't. But my advice would be to create a feedback loop with your sales team if you have one, especially mm-hmm. if you have a technical sales team. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions are people asking on sales calls? Um, shout out to Brett Cooper at Blue Fletch. I haven't actually read the book, but he mentioned a book called They Ask, You Answer, mm. which mm-hmm. kind of tells you right in the title right. exactly what right. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the strategy. What are people searching for? You also want to be thinking about their intent, right? So it's easy. Well, it's not easy, but you can fall in a trap of saying, we just want to show up for asset tracking, which... Good luck. But also, let's just <laughs> mm-hmm. say that you could, mm-hmm. right? Let's mm-hmm. say something a little bit more niche than that. Well, that might mean that when people search free asset tracking software, you show up. You don't want to show up for that. You want to show up for people who have intent for what you've got, whatever mm-hmm. your products and mm-hmm. services mm-hmm. are. So my advice would be start with your sales team, your internal team to say, what what do we know? What are people asking? What questions are we always getting? Let's go answer those questions. Mm-hmm. But then you want to go through a process that SEO experts call keyword research. There are free tools out there. One is from Google. It's called Keyword or uh, Google Search Planner. Mm. Um, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm, It'll tell mm-hmm. you, you know, approximately how many searches per month. It'll tell you what the competition is, mm-hmm. but that's relative to paid search. Mm. 
We have a tool at Blue Star that we use. It's a paid tool. It's like 300 bucks a year, so it's pretty inexpensive. But there's also a free version of it. It's called, this is not a good name, it's called Mangools. <laughs> it's, out of like, it's out of Estonia or something. It used to be called... Um, KW Finder, Keyword uh-huh. Finder, which yeah, I yeah. thought was way better. Way know, better. I, right. yeah. I didn't Mangools, realize they changed their name, yeah. Yeah, it's officially Mangools now, but you get so many searches per month for free. You know, you can log in with your Google account or whatever. It gives you real good input on um, estimated searches per month, similar to key, uh, Keyword Planner, but then it will tell you the difficulty score to rank. Mm. And it will basically say, still possible, mm-hmm. easy, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's doable, or like good luck, dude. Yeah, basically, not gonna happen, right? And it will show you, and and you could go get the same information from literally searching the term and then seeing what shows up on the first page of Google, which they refer to as the SERP search engine results page. Mm -hmm. But it will show you the SERP, and it will show you, okay, Oracle is showing up for this, Uh, Touch Bistro is showing up for this. Their relative domain authority or strength is this. So it just gives you a really quick snapshot of. Who is vying for these specific keywords? Right. What is the relative difficulty in making this happen? And if I were to win, meaning get to that first page, which everyone probably knows this, but I'll say it anyway, is really only the only meaningful page within Google is the first. Yeah. Um, maybe there's some caveats there, but but not really. Yeah. It'll give you a pretty good <laughs> idea of like, is this worth thinking about? Now, two quick things. First one is one of the, I think, really good pieces of advice when it comes to identifying things to focus on, key phrases, keywords, what have you, is thinking in clusters. Mm-hmm. So maybe we go and create a, um, a main article about a specific topic, mm-hmm. but then if within that topic there are four or five subtopics, we might create individual posts for each of those, and we're going to link to it right. um, from the main one. I, right. I know that HubSpot was was really uh, noteworthy in talking about topic clusters, but so some of those things you probably are never going to rank for in search. But... It's more about thinking about your reader's experience. So one of your pages is showing up in search, and then from there, they're going to other pages of yours because you're going deeper on them or whatever. The other thing that I'm going to pose to you two is, are you familiar with the term long tail? Does that have meaning Mm -hmm. for you? Um, Yes, maybe not in context, though, but go ahead. (laughs) So long tail is a strategy. This is nothing new, but it's basically saying instead of trying to rank for asset tracking, Mm. you might try to rank for how does RFID asset tracking work? Or right. asset tracking companies in Charlotte. I see. Adding more modifiers Yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, of course, the number of searches for those longer tail terms is, is going to be smaller, mm-hmm. but your ability to win for those searches goes up. I yep. see. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask And about more that. relevant, I guess, yeah, right? Sure. The more specificity exactly. that you're, yeah. You know, I was going to ask about like the regionality yeah. part of it because I know a lot of, you know, a lot of our VARs are, are regionally based, you know, within a certain area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you want to compete against maybe some of the larger national type, you know, versions that are out there, I, I would think that regionality would be a big part of it. But to your point, not many people are going to go, I need X, Y, Z in my specific city or area. But wouldn't it be awesome if they did? If you were the absolute number right. one and yeah. potentially yeah. only choice that really pops up? Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, it, if, if we owned a VAR, and let's just say we did, you know, warehouse software, hardware, whatever, mm-hmm. solutions, mm-hmm. I would absolutely think about that. Because, yeah, it might be three or four, you know, uh, searches per month in, you know, a metro area. But, like... I want but what kind of business do you have? Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah, say yeah. one of those people becomes a new customer. That's that's worth it right there. That's worth Absolutely. every bit of money or time you put into this. Mm-hmm. And that thing can compound over time, meaning if you go do the work to show up for that, unless someone listens to this podcast, takes all of our advice, and goes creates better content for the same term <laughs> than you, you're going to hold down that spot. And even if they do it, maybe you're the second one. And if right. you write better right. meta description, which is some tactical stuff I think maybe we'll get into. You know what? I'll just talk about it now. Um <laughs> The description that shows up, if you can visualize a Google search page or a Bing search page mm-hmm. for any given term, mm-hmm. you've got the blue link, mm-hmm. you've got which is the title of the page, and then mm-hmm. underneath it, there's a description right. that tells you what the page is about. If within your content management system, your WordPress, your HubSpot, your Squarespace, whatever you're using for the site, if you don't write in that meta description, whatever the first HTML text that right, shows up, right. or really the first text on the page that shows up, will fill that space in. Right. So I know it sounds silly, and anyone that knows anything about SEO is like, of course I've written meta descriptions and titles. I'd say the most sites over 100 pages probably are less than 50% complete when it comes to metadata. And it's yeah. really, again, it's a title, it's a description. Right. Back in the day, there used to be all kinds of tags and funny stuff. Those are the two critical things. And the way you should think about them, and similarly, the way that you should think about writing titles and descriptions for places like YouTube 
which is also a huge search engine and something that you should definitely be thinking a lot about today mm -hmm. because Google, you guys have seen this, Google video show up in Google search. Yeah, You right. search for a yep. thing and there's a great video that explains how to yeah. do something in Adobe Photoshop or whatnot. Mm -hmm. That'll show up. I mean, you'll even see the little video. Mm -hmm. yeah. But let's just say you're on YouTube or you're in Google. Those descriptions, those titles and descriptions are working together to convince people to click on your link versus mm. someone else's. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you're writing marketing copy, yeah. sales copy, whatever you want to call it. So think about it that way. Right. Yes, you are also telling the search engine what it needs to know about your page, but just as importantly is you're convincing a user, click me, not that one. Right. So even if right. you're the second, you know, the second one, uh, the second result on the page, if you write a really killer meta description and a title, you still might win a bunch of the clicks. And if you do that, you might end up being number one. Because yeah. I think that's one of the factors that Google considers is when people are searching, which link do they click? What are they typically looking for? So, right. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so does some of the old strategy stuff still apply, you think, Cordy? Like uh, backlinking, linking, you know, Absolutely. Uh, content that you develop on the site, um, tagging. I guess you just got into the tagging and stuff like that. But, you know, some of that tried and true stuff that you've been hearing about, you know, as you yes. listen to the, yeah. Yes. So simple answer is yes. You know, what, what, and I, I go way back. I remember um, my first job, I wasn't even fully out of college. I worked for the guy who started custom silicone bracelets or sorry, mm. he started silly bands. Silly bands. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm. But we started off doing custom silicone bracelets.com. We owned, we were doing, we were spending a thousand dollars a day on Google ads. And I thought it was crazy. <laughs> wow. But our phone was ringing off the hook because it was, I don't know if you guys remember anyone young watching, listen to this is like, what the hell are these guys talking about? The Livestrong bracelets, <laughs> yep. the Livestrong yeah. oh, yeah. bracelets. And then for there sure. became like 30 different kinds, different and colors. Yes. Yeah. He, the guy that I worked for was, was a, a big part of that. But back then, you wanted to like exactly match a search. Mm. You wanted to pack your page full of kind of text that you'd make light or white so it was hidden. Ah. You could basically trick Google into being like, this this page is the best, whatever. Right. Keyword stuffing, they call mm -hmm. it. Right? Mm -hmm. That has gone away. Okay. But everything else, meaning trying to really kind of think about how someone might search, like the exact language that someone might ask Google a question, mm -hmm. that still applies. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. again, uh, they ask you answer. That could be a whole, that could be 50% of your search strategy. It's just let's brainstorm all of the questions that people might ask about what we do and go and answer them mm -hmm. really well. Uh, on a page, on you're a saying. Page. Yeah, and create that content. Got Write it. the meta description and yeah. then go tell Google, hey, we got a new page here. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Mm -hmm. And then backlinking, which is, it's a fancy term. It's funny. I've even had to look it up multiple times and make sure I knew what the hell it was. It's just linking from yeah. other sites to your from site. From other sites. To, yeah, right. yeah, that's which, it. Again, Creating a, a web kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Which won't just happen unless, you know, you're Blue Star and you publish stuff and then your partners link to it or what have you. We get some um, organic backlinking. Mm -hmm. People will just link to us because... Or a partner of theirs, or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. right. But that is also a kind of an offensive strategy. People will go out and have someone, you know, a whatever, a lower level employee, work on the backlink strategy. Hey, we see that you're talking about this. We would love to link to you. In exchange, would you link to us? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is a it is certainly a factor in, in in ranking. So yes, a lot of that stuff that I feel like I learned and was true back in 2002 is still true, it's just more sophisticated. Meaning Google has gotten smarter to say, oh, um, someone asked me, how do you build ads with MidJourney? This blog is called, how to create ads for your business with generative AI, that's the same thing. Mm. But if there are two articles of similar quality and one exactly matches the query, mm. that one might show yeah. up. Mm. Right, right. You know, again, like everything in searchers, there's multiple factors that, that get considered right. um, from the search engines. But. So are we mostly talking about content here, you know, uh, before we get into the execution part, when, uh, when we're talking about these optimized searches and that we want to own what a particular search does and where it leads, are we mostly talking about getting them to a, a blog post, an article, a video, some piece of actual content, not necessarily like product detail. I, I, right, exactly. I don't care page. if I get them to a product. I don't care if I get them to our company's, you know, main landing page or an about us page or anything like that or a solution page. I want them. I want them to get to content. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Is should be the first avenue? Is we're trying to get them to something we've created that explains our expertise and our knowledge, and then. That's kind of our way of wiggling into like, hey, now that we've shown you what we know, what we're doing. Here's how we can help. Here's our website. Come over here and, and, you know, set up your call or check out our product online. Yes. So, you know, all of the pages on your website should have that basic optimization of meta title that makes sense, that's mm -hmm. clear, and then a meta mm -hmm. description that's, again, clear about what the page is and sounds enticing and all that good stuff. But yes, 98% of what I'm talking about is 
article content, video content. And okay. in my mind, those are the two things to focus on when it's how do we go hmm. win and search? How do we bring customers to us when our sales team isn't doing outbound, when our sales team isn't prospecting on LinkedIn or whatever, and we're not running paid ads? Right. Yes, go and create content that adds. It's, it's the typical content marketing playbook. How do we go create content that adds value, but that also positions us as a leader, a thought leader in the space? And then like we do at Blue Star Nation, hey, if you found value in this and you're a solution provider and are looking for the best damn distributor out there, <laughs> become a Blue Star you know, distributor <laughs> or partner rather. Mm-hmm. And you can do some linking within your copy as well, right? If you're saying, if you just kind of reference some of the services or products that you offer, right. why not have yeah, a hyperlink link out, yeah, the story exactly. as well? But yes, great question. And that is exactly what I'm talking about. All right, about. cool. Well, then, so then let's get into the execution side of things here. Let's talk about this idea of like, all right, we've got great content. We know we've, we've got stuff that we've optimized, it's got all the right tags, it's got all the right descriptions. We know this is what's gonna draw some folks in. So we know what's, you know, how do we know what's working? How do we understand like, that we've done this and it's doing what it's supposed to do? How is it gonna give us a leg up now on the process and make sure that we are the dominating search? And what sure. are we, what, what, how do we know we're getting what we need to get out of it? Right, we've done the work, is it working? Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'll answer it from how, how we, look at it at Blue Star, they'll answer it how I think the majority of people out there probably would because they may or may not be on HubSpot. Right, right. So HubSpot is a tool that we use for our content sites, our blog sites. We do some WordPress as well. But within HubSpot, if you happen to be using that platform, which I know some of our customers are, there's a traffic report where you go into the traffic mm-hmm. report and you right. look by different page types or whatnot. But long story short, what I'm looking for is I'll always look at the last seven to 10 days and just see which of our posts, if any, have gotten any any significant organic traffic. Right, right. So there's obviously multiple different sources of traffic, right? You can have social media traffic, mm. paid direct traffic, which mm-hmm. someone clicked an email you sent them. Then there's organic traffic. People mm-hmm. are finding mm-hmm. you via search. So for me, if I even see like 12 to 15 visits to an article over the last seven to 10 days, I will think what's going on here. Right. And I'll go and look at what the... Um, article is or whatever the piece of content is, and then I'll try to reverse engineer it, which sounds fancy and it's not. I go to Google and I start start searching things right. that I think the article would show up for. And I pat myself on the back here. I almost always nail it. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, for instance, we have a post um, that is, it was an end customer survey that we commissioned. We had right. a third party. I'm telling John like he doesn't know this, but <laughs> we commissioned a third party. It's a good podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went and talked to a hundred restaurant owners and basically asked them all about their point of sale. Do yeah. you like it? Do you love it? Do you right. hate it? What part do you hate? What part do you love? Et cetera. We wrote an article and published that. That has been showing up on organic search. So I went out and searched how do restaurants feel about their point of sale? That might have not been the exact, but whatever it was, we were literally the very first organic search and there were no paid advertising. Right. Mm. So often you'll be the first organic result, but there will be like three sponsored ads that show right, above you, right. which mm-hmm. is frustrating. So there was no sponsored ads ahead of you. It None. started with us. That's pretty impressive. That's yeah. good. And it was, the, so the report told the story where I'm like, okay, this isn't, and again, it's not 100 views. It was 12 or 15 or 17 yeah. or whatever it was. But I went, huh, we're showing up. Because if you are getting organic traffic to something, mm-hmm. it's because you're showing up on the first page. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind That's of referenced right. that. Right. Yeah, I'll yeah, say yeah. it again with emphasis. Um, if you are getting organic traffic, especially over a 10-day period, and it's 10 or more visits, you're showing up on the first page for something. Yeah. Right. And so that is huh. how you figure it out. Now, if you weren't on HubSpot, you would do basically the same thing in Google Analytics, mm-hmm. which for those that might not know, I feel like this is always like I'm on a crusade to let everyone know about Google Analytics. It's honestly not like the most <laughs> usable tool, but it's 100% free. It installs in 10 minutes. You know, you put a line of JavaScript in a header of your website, and it immediately starts Tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. tracking mm-hmm. and counting the visitors to your site. And similar to what HubSpot does, breaking them down by traffic source. So similar, you would go into your pages and screens area and just look and say, okay, well, what have my views been? And then you can drill down by source, which would be organic, and go, which of my pages are, are getting visits? Right. And then again, you kind of go in and start searching and figuring out what are people searching to get there. And ultimately, though, from a longer-term strategy, you'd be looking at what has, what was my, you know, let's just say that next Monday, we're going to, all right, we're convinced. Dean, John, and James convinced me we're going all in on search. You know, you start publishing articles on Monday, or let's say you start publishing them on Friday. You would want to compare maybe your last three to five months to your next three to five months. Mm, Now you're seeing a regular, and this is basic, but like that's the way you'd look at it. It's the way expert SEO people look at it is we've increased organic traffic to our website by 70%. That's what you're trying to do. And I said this before, but it's worth saying again, 
this isn't something where you have to wait a super long time. If you're doing it right, if you're mm -hmm. identifying areas where you can win mm -hmm. and you're publishing high quality content, which is very important. Right. You know, I, I always say it this way. You go out and search, you know, or find the terms you think make sense. Look at what's showing up. Click on the top two. Take screenshots of the content and then go make better content. Right. Make way better content. Right. And it's like, well, James, I'm not a great writer. That's okay. You should absolutely be leveraging ChatGPT, which I know you and I are a bit split on, but it would be yeah, silly. Come around on a bit more. Well, and I think we kind of agree that the process is you can use it to get a first draft. And right. then you go and actually do a pass, you know, a John right. Martin pass, a James Cordy pass on rewriting and changing words you wouldn't use. And then you go interview experts and include quotes. And right. maybe you pull some stats that you have or that you find or whatever. You spice it up a little bit right. with some, right. you know, with some opinion and some stats and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but yeah, this stuff, it could, it, it will and can start ranking quickly. Yeah. But again, it's that feedback is if it's been three, four weeks and you don't see any visits to these, then you keep it moving, keep creating new stuff. Right. And again, always be thinking in clusters. Mm. What's the big topic? What are the subtopics? Let's build stuff that's interlinking because in the same way that backlinks are important mm -hmm. for external mm -hmm. websites, mm -hmm. internal linking is important. Right. That helps, you know, the more structure a site can have, People, I know we have a technical audience, have heard of sitemaps. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing you can actually submit to Google through Search Console. And it just helps Google understand your website. Right. Because it's the way the Google bot uh, searches is very sophisticated. And it's really smart to say, okay, on bluestarinc.com, I can tell that this subdomain gets updated once a week. This is, this is probably a blog or something, whatever it is. The cadence right. is regular. Right. I should revisit recrawl this portion of the site often mm. but this portion which is kind of their base level and it, the, the bot doesn't know this is your base level it just mm -hmm, knows mm -hmm. these pages aren't changing much right. Right. i'm not going to revisit right. unless someone right. comes in and says hey man re-index this page yeah. something yeah. has changed yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah again uh, i'll say, well, say for a third time this stuff can start happening and if you're doing it properly will start happening pretty quickly you'll start seeing results fast let's hover awesome. on that publishing high quality stuff because you know i can imagine somebody who's maybe maybe got some questions around that so let's get a little bit tactical here you know i have gone to websites where their faq page is just an ongoing scroll of <laughs> yeah. so i think it's really good advice to okay so now i'm going to go to my sales team i'm going to get that feedback loop going you know what what questions are you getting what are we seeing here and out there okay great now i've gotten like 10 questions from my sales team and and I've got a cadence going there I start developing content around that what am I doing with it Cordy am I am I like am I putting it on individual blog pages am I creating that long FAQ page that now I don't know that doesn't feel right to me because now it's like I got all this content on one page and just keep scrolling, scrolling. right tactically where do we, where do we put this stuff is it a it's blog a is it you know where are we doing yeah so Definitely individual posts. Individual posts. Individual posts because each one of them then can have a unique title, a unique description. Um, but something you also made me think about that I probably wouldn't have otherwise said is, man, if you identify that list, let's just say 15 or 20 mm -hmm. questions that we mm -hmm. know our customers are always asking, which means they're probably also searching these things, or at least some people are. Um, in the content world, we refer to as waterfalls, sometimes content waterfalls, which mm. is what's the first piece we create and then what do we create as a result of that? I got you. So this is kind of off the cuff here and not saying it just because we're literally recording a podcast, but <laughs> one way, and I think we're actually looking into doing this for a couple of topics within our business is bring in those experts who are going to go, gosh, you know, James, John, I'm busy. I don't have, hey, could you come be a guest on the podcast and we can right. talk deeply about something you know mm -hmm. and record two mm -hmm. hours and just ask that salesperson all the questions. Well, when you're talking to you know prospects, what are they, what are their objections? And, and then publish the podcast, but then also give that podcast to your marketing person or your writer or your freelancer or chat GPT and say, hey, or maybe you create a transcript from it and say, yeah. identify the top, 10 topics here mm -hmm. and then you create blog posts from mm -hmm. those and then maybe you create little clips from mm -hmm. the podcast mm -hmm. that end up on youtube shorts or on youtube proper because the marry so up it, to that yeah right because hmm. I, I don't know about you guys but man um youtube is another huge place i mean when i'm trying to change oh, yeah. the air filter in my car years ago i go to youtube how the hell on the honda yeah. element long yeah. tail search yeah. yeah and there's the yep. result yeah. people are doing that for the devices the products you know the software that, that our partners sell as well yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Think about how you can, we always say repurpose, but this is more so create one piece and then create a bunch of stuff from it. Mm -hmm. And yes, give it all its own place. Okay. So it can be optimized kind of individually. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. There's two things I want to call out that I think you made a very good point on, which one was the comparing the before and after of your work. Mm. And the other part was when you mentioned like, Hey, maybe you only got like 10 or 12 search hits, you know, that led back there versus a hundred or a thousand. I think just like 
any marketing, it's always important to set your expectations at a reasonable place. <laughs> like this isn't something you're going to do where you're suddenly going to get thousands of people clicking and coming to you and, and searching for you. Because to your point, again, some of these searches may be so niche and so specific that there's just not a lot of people that are going to be making that specific search. Yes. You want to win that search when it, when it does happen. But the expectation should be like, look, I'm not going to do this because I think that a hundred people are ever going to search this. I will feel good if 10 people have searched this. Realistically, maybe five people do. And again, like I mentioned earlier, if one of those five searches it, comes to you, books a meeting with you because they think you're an expert, then everything you've done was already worth it because of that. 100%. So I think, I think that's a, a very important point to remember is always keeping in the back of your mind, like what is your, where are your goalposts set for what you expect to get out of this? And they're not Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Post Quality is, over quantity. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like I want to be, I want to, you know, win the day at the local high school one night. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll say two good things. That's it. So wait, wait, wait before yep. you go. So you're saying it's not a good tactic to have like the Travis Kelsey, uh, um, you know, uh, whatever in your meta just to try to get Pro- the quantity. Of, no. Yeah. No. Probably yeah. not. You're not yeah. aiming for and the, Taylor Swift. By the right. way, you're not, the, you're yeah, not yeah. aiming for the stars here. You're aiming for I want to win. <laughs> you know. I want to win that one person that needed something on a random Tuesday in November, you yeah, know, yeah. like, yep. I'll make a comparison. Again, I, I kind of said something similar earlier, which is a search can compound over time, especially if you're early on something, if you mm-hmm. get early on a trend and you get some good content out there and then the, you know, the volume increases over time and you're in a good spot, it can go from 10 a month to a hundred a month. Right. Month. Right. I'm and not I'll saying it can't say, happen, but no, don't, sure. don't assume that's what's going to happen. You shouldn't expect game. that you're going to be getting 4,000 hits on a blog right. post per month unless you, you know, really kick some butt, which is doable. And to that point, um, our unboxed video series, I'm kind of bleeding into our proof section here a bit. But, but yeah, let's go ahead and do that, though. Let's take what we've talked about and show, show off some of the things we've done here. For sure. So, you know, we, a couple, few years ago now, we started recording in a studio adjacent to this one, um, someone from Blue Star opening up boxes of our vendor's products. Right. It was me to start, now it's Sam. Uh, and we're just kind of talking about, you know, what we see, how it feels, how it looks, some of the key features and that good Very stuff. simple concept. And our vendors love it mm-hmm. because it's about their products and they can show off their new stuff. But the reason we did it, you know, the most visible spot for it is on LinkedIn. Right. But it lives a life of 24 to 48 hours. The difference between that and search, not even just Google search, but YouTube search, is mm-hmm. that it's, it doesn't have that, that short lifespan. Meaning right now, if you were to go and search in YouTube, I did this yesterday, Honeywell Dolphin, mm-hmm. which is a pretty high volume search if I had to guess. We are the number one result in YouTube. It's an unbox of me opening up the Honeywell Dolphin. Right. It's got 4,300 views. There you go. It's been there for two years, I think, but 4,300 views. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay. That's more than some stuff. I promise you, I don't know. There's, there's an episode of our podcast that has 4,300 views. <laughs> it's, it's I, I know it doesn't. For a non Well, we need to put video. Honeywell Dolphin in this meta. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But so, A, you can get to a meaningful number. And even for, I mean, I imagine that's a pretty heavily competed for term in Google search, right, but right. on YouTube, it's not as much. And if you go look around, you know, Honeywell has some videos, some of our partners have some videos, but like, I just wanted to paint the picture that it is doable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I also wanted to make the point that, you know, a lot of us live in social every day and you make a post and you're like, God, I hope that this really pops immediately because it's going to be old news soon, right. whereas search can live on. And so that's, you know, just something worth keeping in mind when it comes to, you know, is this worthy of our time? I like it. There you go. It's a good tagline. Search lives on. Search <laughs> lives on. All right. Any other, any other examples you want us to throw out there of stuff that we've done? Uh, you mentioned the blog post about the POS earlier, the dolphin thing. Yeah, let me see. Like what, i got a couple. Just, you know, I just want people to have some tangible examples of, like, how simple this is of just things. And, and mind you, again, this is all stuff that we were already doing anyway. We didn't do this stuff with the intent hmm. of winning search necessarily. It's mm-hmm. like this is just part of what we do. And yet it's stuff that, again, this is what you can do with just the stuff you're putting out there, not trying to do this. Imagine what you can do if you are putting some intent Mm, behind it, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I'll give one more example, and it's not us. It's actually a partner of ours named Lowry Solutions. Mm. Um, They are showing up first in Google for the term, how does RFID asset tracking work? That's impressive. That's a pretty good one, right? And that's just, I guess the point to make there is, A, I bet they're getting a ton of, of traffic from that. Right. And I didn't go and analyze the page to see kind of what they're doing to try to send people, you know, to different spots, right. kind of lead gen spots on their website. But if I had to guess, they're, they're doing some work on, on that. Um, but that's a pretty big term, but it's niche. It is mm-hmm. to us. It feels mm-hmm. big because it's right. big in our world. And I think that's the message to our partners out there is you feel like, oh gosh, I know that there are 
eight or 10 or 12 other companies nationally that do this, but are they focused on content? Are they doing search? Because what I always appreciate about conversations that we have like this is it's asking a lot of our partners. Some of our partners are not big companies. The majority of them are not big companies. They may have a marketing person or zero marketing people. They work with an outside firm or whatever. But in the same way that I realize it's a challenge and it's a big ask of them, in the same way, it's a huge opportunity if they go execute on it because right, so right. few people are. I mean, and Lowry's not a small company. They've got some resources and all that good stuff, but um, Wasp Barcode is right below them. They're showing up. So it's it really is about being strategic and yeah. going mm-hmm. and just getting yeah. it done and seeing mm-hmm. where you can show up and you'll surprise yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That's a good success story right there. Uh, all right, well, so, hey. I got a couple questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, fill in, bud. What do you think about, like, how long do you monitor this stuff? So let's say you, you come up with your strategy. You got to develop and things of that nature. And then it's an ongoing process, right? But, I mean, do you have any opinions on, like, is this something you should be checking back in monthly? Is it weekly? Is it quarterly? Yeah, how know? much time is this going to take out? Yeah, yeah, right? Because, you know, I can I can just imagine some people out there, okay, you know, I, I'll whip up my strategy. I'll reinvigorate with SEO. I'll get back into it. We'll produce some content around, you know, everything that we've been talking about here. Right. But then six months later, yeah. do I do I go back and, and look at it? Or do you think it's, it's, it's like important enough that you should have it on your calendar once a month that you're like analyzing this? My take is that people listening would need to see some results to buy in fully. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. they might go, all right, you know, we'll give this a shot. But I think in order for it to really become part of their ongoing process from mm-hmm. a content standpoint, mm-hmm. which I think it should, mm-hmm. they're going to need to see some results. Meaning I would suggest mm. just go do this, meaning create this content waterfall where you're going to interview your SMEs or however that makes most sense for you. You're going to publish content, written and video based on those interviews, conversations, what have you. Just put your head down and do the work. Mm-hmm. Do it for six to eight months and publish, 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 publish. If you have the discipline to not worry and not look at it mm-hmm. and just commit, there's no, there's no there's nothing wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Right, but also right. there's nothing wrong to start publishing in, if you're really excited about it. Mm-hmm. If you do feel like you need that, man, I need mm-hmm. some proof that this is worth Reinforcement, time, yeah. Right, right, right. makes sense. I would, yeah. I would understand if you said to me, Cordy, can we just make sure this is actually worth the team's time? But, <laughs> yeah, of course, dude, that makes sense. So yeah, weekly if you have the time. But I also uh-huh. think, especially when you first get started, give it four weeks. Publish so, a few Yeah, you're advocating that you know they develop the muscle memory, right? Like, like there's going to be some payoff here, and then it'll just be something that they, yeah. they do work into their workflow. Yep. I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but when we published, it was really early on in the mid-journey. And I've talked about this a bit, but for those that don't know, right. mid-journey is my favorite tool for creating imagery using AI. So generative AI image creation. I need an image of yeah. you know, a barcode scanner in the middle of a warehouse, and it creates that image from, from thin air, which is really, really cool. Really quickly after that chatter started, we decided we were going to go and write an article about it for our customer newsletter. Mm-hmm. So the thinking was, man, this is something our customers should be using. Mm-hmm. I don't even think search was really in our minds. Right. But and this is well, I guess, at that point, I mean, I think you were playing around with mid-journey before ChatGPT even became. Oh, yeah. 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 This like is you were already chat. messing yeah. around with that and you were talking about it and we were, you know, it was it was a conversation before the AI thing really blew up. Almost a right. year before. You're, I would trust your memory better than mine. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. no, we talked about it in Vartech uh, and exactly. then ChatGPT yeah. blew up, you know, that following January. I was so, saying, we were here yeah. in this studio when you were showing this stuff. You were putting yeah. it up on the screen, like, yeah. check yeah, out yeah, what this yeah, thing, yeah. stuff can do, guys. And we're like, yeah. what the heck what is the, this? Yeah. And I just realized, again, because we talk to customers often that, man, access to imagery, especially some of the niche stuff that our industry and our customers would need is really right. tricky to get yeah. or it's stocky and it looks like crap and like, oh my gosh, you can art direct your own photo shoot here right. for 20 bucks a month. Anyway, we published, we wrote and published the article because we knew or believed that there would be value for our customers. And then, and I guess this is a point worth making too, when we actually went to publish it, I did think about the title, well, what would people search if they were looking for this and mm-hmm. what would, what's your description say? But that was, saying it was secondary is giving it more credit than it deserves. I just knew that the customers would like this. It would make a cool topical mm-hmm. piece for the newsletter. And then a couple of weeks later, I started seeing, holy crap, we've got 45 visits to this page over the last seven days from organic search. And I went and started searching on Google to find what we were showing up for. Right. Um, the interesting part, and I mentioned this to you before we started rolling, John, which is uh, nowadays, so we, got, we were real early on that and we reaped some benefits of traffic to that page, right. although... It wasn't connected to our business, so there wasn't like a huge benefit right. for Blue Star <laughs> right, necessarily. Right. It was just cool. It was a cool story. I shared it on LinkedIn. Um, now there are a bunch of software tools, solutions you can pay for that use Midjourney to create ads. They take 
Midjourney's tech mm, and take it a few mm-hmm, steps further. Mm-hmm, and hey, mm-hmm. now your ad's got text on it and all that good stuff. Now, when you search the same uh, query that would have shown our article, right. you see just a laundry list of all these different apps now, mm, all these software mm-hmm, tools. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was short lived, but it was cool. And it was Still, really about identifying. We got there first, you know, in right. some ways. I, mean, so. I think that would be the thing. And I'll, I'll use one example. You know, I know. Well, whatever. Our vendors come out with new products all the time. Some of them with more fanfare than others. If you see something coming or you catch wind of a big product coming from a big company that's relevant to your business, go and shoot one of your tech's reaction to it. Get yeah, your hands on yeah. it. Even if you don't have your hands on it, just go and talk about what the implications are. Yeah. Put that thing on YouTube. Put it on your website. Maybe write a little article and embed the page. Just think about timing and, and relevance of, of new stuff coming to you. Yeah. shouldn't be the whole strategy, but it's certainly be like one of the pillars is yeah. what questions are our customers asking could be a pillar what's topical and interesting to people in our industry could be a pillar and you know you got to get creative on the third one i like it good oh. stuff i got a wet towel before we move on Uh-oh. Uh, here's here's the wet towel so how how much longer are search e- here are search <laughs> on engines relevant that you know, I mean, question. like if, if I have my own personal LLM and that I'm just, you know, asking it questions and yep. it's giving me feedback, yep. I have my own perplexity.ai or whatever. Yep. And then I, why do I even go to we a search were, engine we anymore? We were just talking about that over the office is that, before we came over Okay. Here. Is, is that, that a reality? Yeah. Like, does that change or is it just going to be grabbing it some information right. from the internet? So it's still relevant to do SEO. There's, I don't know. There's I, starting to be a lot of conversation about whether generative AI is going to replace search. Yeah. And granted, you know, Google obviously is paying attention to that because they've created their own, you know. Yeah, right. Bard. Gemini now. Is, oh, Gemini. You know, that's right. Like yep. They've, yep. You know, they, they've done that themselves, too. So they recognize that potential out there. And I don't I, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's what's your take on that guy? Because I don't know at this point if if that is going to happen. If I mean, I'll be honest, I'm starting to use those tools a little more often mm-hmm. for the kinds mm-hmm. of stuff that I would have searched. But just just an mm-hmm. example when, you know, when, when I'm looking for a third party uh, you know, newsletter, you know, to do an e-blast mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. a content campaign or something. Cool, Whereas, outlets. Yeah, exactly. In the past, I might have gone to Google and mm. said, hey, I need to find, uh, you know, outlets, newsletters for nurses or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And I get the the laundry list. That's the kind of thing where I would have found myself going through like three or four pages. Yeah, you scroll on through, right. Stuff. Now... I go to, you know, Bard, Google, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I go to, you know, one of those tools and say, hey, tell me some of the the top newsletters, you know, that offer, uh, and I'll even say that offer, you know, uh, a, you know, a buy-in for a sponsored e-blast or whatever to their audience. Mm-hmm. And it'll give me a list of like 15 yeah. and then I can go and just look up, look them up directly and contact and reach out to them. And, I, and you can even ask like, hey, give yeah. me the link yeah, to yeah, the yeah, site yeah, yeah. or give me the link to their advertising page or something. So it's still relevant to the SEO on the internet, right? I mean, I guess that's not going to change. I would assume. I I won't be surprised. And and I know Corey asked you for your opinion on this, but like, I won't be surprised if we get to the point where, in addition to SEO optimization for how to appear in search, you start seeing all these companies figuring out like, hey, here's how to optimize how to appear for AI. AI. For sure. And maybe that's the same thing, sort mm-hmm. of, but mm-hmm. there's maybe probably going to be somebody to reach. So what's, what's your take on all Today, that? that's where I am, which is if you go and search for <clears throat> top distributors of X vendor, which I have done mm-hmm. on ChatGPT, mm-hmm. we will come up as one of them. It's good. Which means that it's that information is coming from the internet. Right, right. right. So if We obviously didn't program that, yeah. Right. If you're optimizing your website and you're, and you're thinking about long-tail terms, really niche stuff, the generative AIs or AI searches or what have you are still going to mention you in relevant ways, right, I think. Right. Um, so I think that that's interesting. The other thing that I've been hearing a lot of SEOs talk about on LinkedIn recently is, yes, Google came out with not Gemini because that's their answer to chat GPT. Right, right? Right. They actually have a generative search tool ah. that would, when you're searching, it is trying to just give you the answer instead of giving you a bunch of links. Ah. So I'll just say on that side, hmm. two things. A, I think adoption of stuff like that can often take longer than we expect. Mm-hmm. So I think for sure. till that's evident that yep. the traditional SEO optimization is kind of in the past, we should still be thinking about it. Yep. And to your point, John, I still do believe that it's going to play into it. I think it will. There'll yeah. probably be some best practices around how to show up for voice searching and stuff like that. Uh, and the other thing is, Google is kind of disrupting their own ad model. Yes, By right. not giving you the blue links. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll figure out another way to take people's right, money, right? right? But right now, what I'm hearing a lot of, again, people who know way more about SEO and have looked into this closer than I have, saying, yes, Google has built the tool because they want to show that they're on the cutting edge because, of course, they are, but they're not that 
uh, motivated to release it and like have it completely <laughs> replace their billions and billions of dollars right, of ad revenue. Right. Yeah. Oh, you wanted asset tracking software? Here's five yeah. people that paid us to show yeah. their blue link. I think it's going to yeah. be really fascinating what happens there. Be. But but to your point, I, I think SEO still matters because LLMs are getting trained on data that right. is the internet. It's, and you can actually make an argument. It's even more important now to go agree. in through an SEO process because as you're getting trained, as it's training, you know, information, you want to be there, right? Yeah. When yeah. people start asking who are the leading providers of X, yeah. you want ChatGPT, Gemini, right. whomever to, to know. To train yeah. on one you. Of them. Yeah, absolutely. And the only way to tell is yeah. to tell the search engine that this is the way it works. But yeah. to your earlier hmm. point, though, you know, when we were talking about like what Lowry Solutions has done, like the whole, you know, um, how does how does an RFID asset tracking solution work, something to that effect. Again, if you do that in Google right now, you get a company-specific page that you know is from them and could mm. lead you directly back to them. Mm -hmm. If you do that same exact search in generative AI, it's just going to give you the, the answer. answer. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not going to accredit it necessarily. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a battle that that now that companies are going to start fighting. That you know, because again, we're in the wild west of this stuff. Yeah, right. Where maybe there'll be a point where you know, because you're already getting the battles over like, hey, you know, you're using my stuff, my content without crediting mm -hmm. to me, without mm -hmm. tying it back to me, without necessarily even my potentially my permission. So maybe that becomes something where as people do those kind of searches, the accreditation's built into it also. Like, hey, this came from Lowry Solutions page. Me, this came from Blue Star's page. How very lawyer of you. Yeah. No, let, <laughs> well, let me add to that, John. So your point is a good one, which is if I asked that question, it would just give me the answer. It wouldn't right. send me to a web page. Mm -hmm. But if that was where my intent ended as a searcher, True. And that was yeah. never qualified. If you're taking the next the step, place. you got to get to somebody. Yeah. It's the same argument people make about featured snippets. Do you guys know what a featured snippet mm -hmm. is yeah. in search? We, oh, oh yeah, yeah, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually meant to reference this. I'm glad it came up kind of naturally. Um, for a while, Blue Star owned the featured snippet for POS versus MPOS. Nice. And the featured snippet is when the answer is right there at the mm -hmm. time. Right, right. Instead mm -hmm. of just a link, it's like MP, you know, like a little. Um, truncated version of your answer right. than a link to the website. Right. So again, if people just truly wanted to know the difference, then okay, the snippet. But if you actually want to know the difference because you're interested in purchasing one or the other, right. then it's a next step. So if that's you're the connection that's not happening yet. Yeah. How does mm -hmm. RFID asset tracking work? This is how it works. Who are some of the leading providers of it? Now it's right, right. guiding me to ultimately go and find you. So mm. who the hell knows Interesting. what the internet's going to look like in five years? But <laughs> five years, other, dude. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot faster. Yeah, there's than other that. people a lot smarter and a lot more technical than us are going <laughs> to have to hash that stuff out, and then we'll figure out how to you know how to market appropriately. Yeah, we'll do another podcast on it when, when we when it's clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that was a great question. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, you're too. right. There is a there's a lot of people sounding the death knell of 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 search, which to be fair has been something people have been doing for as long as Google has been dominating search. Well, people look like, how big they are, right? right. Well, you got a, a, a target on your back that big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that want to take it down. The YouTube exists. TikTok exists. All of these places. Right. I don't do it because I'm just not a TikToker, and that's not a judgment. It's just not the place for me. Um, people are claiming that young people use TikTok as their primary search engine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they want to know and about And before that, it was YouTube, there. basically. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, is Google's also. But so keep you know, that still. in mind. When we're so, talking about so search. Google's just going to buy TikTok then. And, and that will, we're talking about old people search. Is that, that what you're trying to say? <laughs> just the, yeah. You think about the searchability of everything you're publishing right, everywhere. Right. I think that there are certain areas that are more relevant than others, but it's not just you know, the old school search engine results page on Google or Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. All right. Hey, man, this is great stuff. Um, I'm glad we did this conversation. And by the way, just for the record, you know, a, a behind the scenes, this was a literal last minute thing that we, we, we needed a slot. Hey, we can today. riff on anything, especially and, marketing stuff. Come on. No and Dean was like, maybe you should ask Corey. So I asked Corey and he's like, uh, yeah, give me a couple hours. And like last night, he's like sending me these notes and be like, here's uh, here's the stuff I want to talk about today. And here we go. All a, good. A great podcast. There you go. So thank you so much for you for, yeah, for, for stepping in and doing that. This is good stuff. Uh, hey, as always, thank you so much to our sponsors here on the Tech Connect podcast. We appreciate those of you that sponsor the pod directly, our Tech Connect program. Make sure that you are following us everywhere you can. Like and subscribe our channels and the podcast itself. Leave us reviews. We need those. And also send in information to us about the stuff you want to hear about on the show. If Cordy mentioned something, you're like, man, I want to go a little mm -hmm. further down that a little road. Deeper, yeah. Fine, we'll drag him back in here and make him talk a little <laughs> bit more about it. You know, it's it's really hard. He's so hard to rest his elbow and get him to, <laughs> to come in here and, and talk about, you know, cool marketing stuff. So 
always happy to do that. Send us those those uh, you know topic ideas. There's always a link in the show notes where you can submit ideas to us, and you get a free T-shirt for doing so. Uh, you can also always find us on LinkedIn. Follow Blue Star on LinkedIn, and you know we're always happy sharing stuff about the pod there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, leave a comment if you got an idea for us, or you can always reach out to us directly by email techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here. Let's talk real quickly uh, a value to the bar that I feel like we've touched on throughout here. But if we're going to mm-hmm. succinctly kind of wrap this up yep. and maybe give a someone listening right now, because I know a lot of our listeners, some of them may be marketing, mm-hmm. a lot of them are probably sales oriented. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're a, you know an owner of a you know of a reseller or something or someone you know at a high level in the company that is not necessarily in the weeds doing this stuff. But what can they do? What can an individual, one or two things maybe they could do? to help with their company's SEO, to help make this strategy happen or get them to where they need to go, whether it's, you know, helping out their marketing team or doing some of the work themselves. John, I'm going to share a metaphor I thought of last night. All right, let's hear it. If you're driving to work, Dale Earnhardt could drive you and he's going to get you there more quickly (laughs) than I would and probably with more style points. (laughs) But I could also get you to work probably with better music. You don't have to be the Dale Earnhardt of the SEO world to make this stuff happen. Right. You just need to have a brain. It isn't that difficult. Yes, you can get super duper deep on all kinds of schema and structured data, or you can just write a good title, a good meta description, which is just what describes the article, and then go deep, talk to a few experts, and you can publish stuff that can get first page on Google. You can do it. Again, I like it. I'm not an SEO expert. You don't have to be. You just got to go out there with intent to write great content on yeah. topics people are searching for. Yeah. I like, I like the angle of this question, regardless of their position, because I think anybody in the company, yeah. if you, and here's my phrase, if you lean in on the content, everybody can help, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, everybody sure. is in contact with their customers and everybody has a different lens into what is being asked of the company, right? right? Even right. if you're in the accounting department, you know some pain points of your customers. Maybe that's something that that is relevant that needs to be put into content, right, and searchable thereof. So everybody For can sure. can play a role on the content. Yep, I, I completely agree. And, I, and you know, my thing too is like to think about think for yourself. What am I an expert in? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I good at? Right. What, what, yeah. what am I contributing to my company that makes me so good at being here and why I'm here? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is our company good at? What are we yeah. experts at? What do we think we're doing better than anybody else? When you And everybody has it, especially if you're a salesperson. You know how to go in front of a customer and tell them why they should be picking you and your mm-hmm. company and your business mm-hmm. and your expertise over someone else because you know what you do better than anyone else. Yeah. F- whatever that is, that's what you should be making some content about. If you're a service tech, right, you're a service tech in the back room on the service bench. I mean, you may not think that you have a role. Right. I can guarantee you there's a lot of content that's coming out of that service desk. Exactly. That would be relevant to to people finding your solutions in your company. So even if you're not the one who's creating that yourself, at least maybe go to the people that are and say, hey, you know what? I can talk very fluently about it. There's a reason we bring Cordy on our podcast. Mm -hmm. If we want to talk about marketing, we know we have someone in-house that can talk about marketing better than you and I ever could, even though we are marketers. <laughs> we know the guy to bring in, like, hey, we want to have this conversation. You and I couldn't have sat here and had this SEO no, conversation. No, no, We'd be like, no. yeah, search. It's a good thing. You but know? he's not the, the guy end. to ask to, to configure a CT40. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So oh, play, You play may know how strengths. to do that. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you did. But anyway. Play with your strengths. Play That's with right. what makes you good at what you're doing and, and figure out how you can build content around that. And then you've already laid that foundation by having the good stuff that you can go out and promote and create the searches around. So, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, something everybody can do. All right, let's wrap up as always with what's tech with us where we talk about something in the world of science, business, tech, innovation. Yes. Something we just feel like chatting about today. Yes. Cordy was tech connecting with you right now, bud. And I never have anything good for this. Yeah, but, you do. <laughs> Come on. Well, maybe sometimes, but this one is going to catch people off guard a little bit. I have rediscovered Pinterest. Okay. People talk a lot about how good TikTok's algorithm is. Mm -hmm. When I do open up TikTok once a month, I see nothing that I care about. Mm. When I open up (laughs) Pinterest. That's because you're only doing it once a month. Good point. If it was daily, you would. But But Pinterest, uh, similarly, every time I open up that homepage, it is full. And I'm a very visual guy. Right, 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 right. right. Whatever, art to fashion to blah, blah, blah. And I see stuff and I'm like, this is me. Pinterest gets me. <laughs> and I use it's not just seeing uh, cool stuff, because really, really what it contributes to is consumerism and me buying more cool stuff that I right, see. Right. But man, I've started to use it a lot for inspiration. So we're working, we're starting to think about Vartech and themes and uh, yeah, yeah, environmental yeah, yeah, right. design. Mm-hmm, and I go mm-hmm. and type in, you know, environmental event trade show design. And there's 
just pages full of really cool stuff. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, anyway, I don't know that that's applicable to other people, but I have rediscovered Pinterest and I'm loving it. And it feels like the algorithm is just really good. It's showing yeah, me stuff yeah. that I want to see. Dialed in. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Like you, you gave a very subtle Vartek teaser there, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay <was> tuned. Like, <laughs> I don't even have a Pinterest account. I guess I got to get there. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Good it, stuff. All right. So get back into Pinterest. Yeah, I yeah, like it. Absolutely. Dean yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. with you, bud. Let's stay with the AI. Did you know that AI likes to drink water? Um, I, I'm I mean, sure we always talk about like AI probably. consuming power, right? right like right. it consumes enough power to power, I think Norway at yeah, this point yeah. or something like like some small uh, Nordic co- country. But anyway, here's the report. Microsoft reports its water usage rose 34 uh, percent from 2021 to 2022, usually, largely for its use of cooling data centers wow. running AI training models. And of course, the geeks were able to get it down to this. It estimates that a half a liter of water is needed to perform five to 50 questions. Oh, wow. So there it is. If you ask, if you're asking five questions, you've consumed a liter, a half a liter of water uh, to do that. Now that sounds bad, right? I mean, to me, that was like, oh, that's, that's really interesting. You wouldn't want to waste five to, you know, five liters of water or whatever at all, would you? You But then I I started diving into the numbers and it's like, well, maybe it's not quite as bad as, as it sounds. So Microsoft said that the company had consumed 6.4 million cubic meters of water in 2022. That sounds like a lot. But then I went into AI and said, well, how much is that actually? That's like two and a half Olympic pools. So it's okay, not like okay. it's not like we're draining the Amazon <laughs> to run our AI like it was on the power side. I'm like That's two Olympic point. pools. I don't know if I put like rain catchers on my right, on my right. roof, I might be able to contribute right. to that. <laughs> um, but you know, now in this day and age, of course, Microsoft had to come out with their with their policy around environmental right, sustainability, right. and that uh, don't worry about it. We we're we're net positive on water usage. And uh, anyway, I went down a rabbit hole on the outside, but but um, we're smashing together hydrogen and oxygen to make some more we, we got this we promise yeah we're, good. We're, we're, we're replenishing 15 million cubic you know meters of water oh so six olympics does that even matter? i don't know it doesn't feel like it matters but anyway i did find it interesting okay. the, the water usage yeah yeah half Definitely. a liter for five questions there half, you go brother. half a liter for five questions yeah right, there's your nuggets next, so what's good say, tech next time me? i'm searching for stuff on you know on gemini i'm gonna be like oh man there just went half a liter yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, uh, if if you were if you remember a couple weeks back when we did a Tech Bytes episode, and we were yes. talking about some of the concept cars from yes. CES, yes. and I mentioned how the we're ink. getting we're getting closer to that, and we're getting closer to a car like Kit from oh, yes. from Night Rider, you know, or yes. the Love dun-dun, Bug and whatever, dun-dun. like the yeah. actual mm-hmm. kind of you know talk car that can talk back to you and yes. and have a conversation with you and has some intelligence behind it. Over well, there, apparently we're getting closer to that. Hey. Thanks to Microsoft and a company that I did not know still existed, TomTom. What TomTom is the, still around? The the uh, <laughs> formerly the GPS company that you know back when okay. back when GPS was a little box you had yeah. to stick in your car and not just that feels like Mr. Irrelevant in the app world today. <laughs> I mean that was like the bomb ten years ago, but yeah. Apparently they're still TomTom uh, a, a still thriving around. company. They're still doing a lot of stuff with GPS, um, but apparently they are working with Microsoft to bring generative AI to automobiles. All right. Uh, where you'd have a fully integrated conversational driving assistant. Mm. Not all about you, but I, I do use like Siri in my car, you know, to like, if I want to send a text or something, you know, yes. to make okay. a phone call, yeah, I might right. say like, hey, Siri, do this. Or occasionally, like if my son's like, I want to listen to this certain piece of music. I'm like, well, I can't be doing this while I'm trying to drive. So I'll ask Siri to play whatever, a certain song or his yeah. playlist or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's only, it's only so much you can get out of that. It's still it's a very one way type conversation. Yes, you know, like right. it's, it's not like you can have an ongoing discussion, you know, and uh-huh. say like, oh, no, never mind. I want that other song instead. Or, hey, can while you're doing that, can you also, you know, ping the house and, yeah, yeah. you know, tell it to start the oven up or something yeah, like that, right. you know. But apparently that's where they're trying to get more natural conversations where you can actually have a, a chat with your car. I just all I know is if this happens. I want it to sound like Kit. I want William Daniels was that guy's name who did the voice. He's he's long past, unfortunately. Yes, Michael. Like I, yes. <laughs> Find me, give me the AI Kit because that is the only voice that I want to hear. I love I'm it. Having that conversation, and I want him to be a little bit sarcastic, like Kit. Right. Was. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> he definitely that. had an edge to him. So, like yeah. So they're promising that this integration will will work with most major platforms and infotainment packages in the future. So they, right. they they expect this to be a thing that's going to happen. So someday, nice. nice. We might be. Asking our car to go to Turbo Boost or something, you know, or Ma- making it even more awkward. You know, when you're driving down the street and you just see people mouth, oh, yeah, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're talking, but right. it's like there's no 
nobody in the car. Right. That, to me, that's still a weird thing. It's yeah. like, who's that person? What are they doing? There you you know? know. And now we're going to be talking in there our cars know. even more. Exactly. But yeah. mine also, I, I also need to have the little red light on the front of the car. Oh, yes. Like, I'm going to have to install that, of too, course. just to, you know. Courtney, do you know what we're talking about here? No, No, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. See, Courtney, you're not that much younger than us. Did you ever watch Knight Rider back in the 80s? No, I'm aware of it, but no, I don't think I Oh, my gosh. That was the best show. He had the coolest car in the world, and it talked to him. That's basically all you needed. And it had a red light. And it had a great voice. Yeah. And a red light on the front. Good stuff. Good stuff. We just aged you. I know. I just like, I just suddenly felt just that much closer to the grave. Anyway. That is all for us today it is time to unplug and go google ourselves i guess yes. uh, which you know apparently dean is going to be the top apparently yes soon. yes me, i need a page me i'm still gonna be buried like 50 pages <laughs> into the internet before you even find anything about me which is just how i like it uh, and as always folks please stay connected Technic Podcast is brought to you by Elo, who has completely redesigned their iSeries 3 with Intel, nice. adding the dependability businesses need. I like it. These brilliant and beautiful interactive displays feature a modular design. We love modular. We love modular. Love yes. It. And endless versatility with sizes of 15, 17, 22, and 24 inches, a slate version, and square or wide aspect options. Boom. You, you, you have to find something useful for your customers and their needs, right? I mean, come on. How much more do they need to give you? Right? You just have it right there. There you go. That's everything. Every iSeries offers 10-touch TouchPro PCAP, a fanless IP54 rated design, Mm -hmm. edge-to-edge glass, and Intel's 12th gen processors for reliable enterprise-grade security. That is some trumped-up stuff right there. Superstar stuff going on here, yes. Available in models that support Windows, Chrome OS Flex, and Linux, the iSeries 3 is also compatible with ELO's Z-Stands and Z-Series ELO Pause for self-service and point of application. So if you want to learn more about the redesigned iSeries 3, check out the link in the show notes or contact the Blue Star ELO team.